0: ahoy and welcome in to another mind expanding episode of not allowed to die your podcast about mental health where i dan bagler social worker and life enthusiast answer your questions about mental health alongside me as always is mariska the three-toothed patterdale terrier and mariska is not licking her paws right now and we know what that means we know that when she's not licking her paws you have helped her by rating and reviewing the podcast you can put a five-star review, you can write a couple words on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and it really helps the podcast grow, but more importantly, it helps Mariska's pause. This is hard to say, but Mariska was communicating with me and she wants more. She said, it's great that you rate, it's great that you review, but are are you following the podcast? Did you click that follow button? And we want even more today. We're being aggressive today. We want you to tell a friend about the podcast. So we wanna do all of these things. Now, if you have a question for Mariska or for me, you can email us at com. And the reason I changed the intro a little bit today, for those of you who are regular listeners, you'll know, I usually, I would come on and say it's time for another exciting episode. But no, I said this is a mind-expanding episode. I have been binging another podcast. I uh, My guest for next week's episode, it will come out next week. Uh... He's has a podcast with a podcast partner, and it's called From uh, Survivor to Thriver. And I have been binging his podcast, uh, their podcast. And it's a podcast about mental health. And I thought to myself, what is the point of this podcast? Other than just me pontificating out to the universe, what sets Not Allowed to Die apart? And my goal with every episode is to give you some sort of viewpoint on mental health that you might not get somewhere else. So when people reach out to me and they say, hey, I'd like to come on your podcast. What I always push back with to them is, what are you gonna share with my audience that's a little bit different? And when I'm coming on here, in addition to talking about the dilemmas that I'm seeing in my private practice or at the school, that's one of the stories I'm trying to bring you are always with hopefully some sort of mind expansion saying, oh, maybe I never thought about it that way. So today's episode, we're gonna talk a little bit about a challenge that a lot of people face. It's, in fact, disturbingly regular. In that, what do you do in a conflict situation where there is no bad guy? So I had this student, and he came into my office, and he said, you know, we had been talking about his relationship for a while, and you know, he he was enjoying the relationship. It was, he wanted it to be a little bit more uh, physically intimate and romantic, but he understood that his girlfriend was just a person who did not want to have sex before marriage, and she just was really not into that level, but but he didn't, he said, she's worth it. I don't care, just the way she makes me feel and the conversations that we have and the energy and attention that we give each other, I just really enjoy the relationship. But she broke up with him because she said, I've realized that I'm gonna become a nun. And he's like, what am I supposed to do with that? He's like, I can't get mad at her. Um, You know, she's like, I just don't think it's right to keep dating you if I'm going to promise myself to Jesus and I'm gonna go into the church. And, you know, he had known always, uh, it's a big part of her personality that she's from a very um, enthusiastically Catholic family. And so when she said it to him, I mean, he didn't anticipate that, but he was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And so what do you do when you're filled with these feelings that something's been taken from you, this relationship, and yet nobody did anything wrong? We want there always to be someone to blame, but he's saying she's doing this thing that really, it's noble, and whether or not he believes, he's not a very big believer in religions and whatnot, but he thinks he respects. That for her, her prayer life and her life, her relationship with God is it's when she feels like she's at her best, and so he can't do anything but respect the fact that she wants to pursue this. Now, she still does want to remain his friend, and I said that based on the nature of your guys' relationship, this not a lot necessarily needs to change, but he said, yeah, but it really is different, even if we were never. Touching romantically, doing any of that. The fact that there is, there's just a different energy to the relationship. I didn't treat her like I treated one of my other friends, even one of my female friends, that was a special kind of connection and relationship. And I thought she was investing in me in the same way. And so he's going to need some time so that it doesn't, he doesn't feel a sense of hurt and longing every time he interacts with her. But hopefully it can get to a place where we can say, hey, you have this person in your life now who maybe if you have future girlfriends, they won't feel like it's a threat. They'll say, hey, it's it's all right that you have this female friend. Whereas a lot of people are threatened by their romantic partner having a connection with someone of the opposite sex. So hopefully he can, I said, this relationship as a friendship is much more likely to last <laughs> for decades than it was, would if it was just a romantic relationship. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't take time to mourn the loss of something. Brene Brown has a great uh, YouTube video, if you could search it up about just silver lining people, like giving people a silver lining before they're ready for it. And we have to be, and I was trying to be very careful not to do that with him and not try to push to a silver lining before he was ready for that. To say, we need to just honor your feelings, feel them, look at all of them, and recognize that this this is a great wisdom piece for you to know that many times when relationships end there isn't necessarily a bad guy. Another student come in and she is dating a girl and her partner her the partner's desire is to become to be poly. So if you're not familiar with that term uh, is polyamorous and would like to have a relationship not just with one person but to have a relationship with multiple people at the same time and my client she does not want that kind of connection relationship she is more of a you know monogamous person and so she the the partner of the girl had not done anything but she had expressed this desire and months had gone by and nothing had been happening but then there was a mutual friend of theirs who my partner will call her M And M gave me permission to talk about this circumstance and situation. So, anyway, so um, M did not want any other parts of added partners in the relationship. And C, his girlfriend, or I'm sorry, her girlfriend, um, was wanting to add people. And we'll call the other person their mutual friend, uh, D. So M, C, and D. Sorry if this gets a little confusing. This is what we do when I'm running groups. We we try not to use real names, so we give false ones. So sometimes a letter, sometimes things like water bottle or shampoo or cheesecake. But anyway, so they have this mutual friend, D, and C's like, I really kind of have a crush on her, and I would love to bring her into our relationship. Well, M is, first of all, M is like, I don't have any, I like D, like her a lot but I don't have any romantic feeling toward her. And secondly, you know, like I'm, I'm still not really okay with this whole idea of you having another partner. And C was like, I get that, but you have to know that this is a part of who I am. And eventually this lack of being able to express this and find this connection may have an impact on our relationship. So M was feeling really kind of in a bind because she didn't want to force her partner C to be unfulfilled. And yet it would also be disingenuous to say, yeah, I'm okay with it. Go forward and do whatever it is you need to do. And D is sitting there on the outside, but also kind of has, has the crush on C would like to be part of their relationship would, but you know, is, is fine. Just waiting and seeing whatever could happen. So here we have a circumstance, where everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're communicating. Nobody has done anything bad. C has not cheated. C has just said, here's what I'm feeling. And when, even though C was super excited about D, and really wanted to bring that person into their relationship, when M said, I'm not ready for that, I don't know if I'll ever be ready for that, C did the right thing and sort of shut it down. But Again, what do we do when we're in that circumstance that Emma's in and saying, gosh, do I I let my partner do something that I'm uncomfortable with? And we see this often with, I, I will run into this situation with someone dating someone, particularly this happens more in younger couples, where someone is dating someone who has come out as bisexual. And they've said, I really want to explore this other side of myself. And their partner, on the one hand, logically may say, I get that, but it makes me feel and threatened that you're going to leave me I'm going to lose this relationship. And not only that, even if we all stay in a relationship together, one of the difficulties with poly relationships is that it's just very hard to find time for everybody. <laughs> I uh, was joking around with uh, M and with other students as I've been you know, talking about, like, the idea of having multiple relationships at once, I barely have time to go to work, come home, exercise, spend a little time with the kids, (laughs) eat, and maybe watch a show like that will be, I don't know how people, there are these people out there who are able to maintain full extra families and things like that, where they, where nobody knows about them. Um, So I think I am just not good enough at time juggling to potentially have that. But it comes back to the main issue. What do we do when we have a person who we care about who's not doing anything wrong but we still have a lot of feelings this is a big reason why we do need people outside of our main partner to vent to to talk to why it's great that both of those students can come to me or for people who don't you know have a school social worker things like that where we get a therapist or we get someone who is not interconnected particularly for m because M this is involving multiple people in M's friend group. It would be very hard to vent and talk about this with, you know, other people because it would impact their view on D, their view on C. you know So we have to have people, even again, if we're, it doesn't have to be a paid therapist, but somebody who's a cousin who lives in another state or, or something like that, where we can share these parts of our life. And recognizing that just because there is a bad feeling, doesn't mean, again, anyone is doing anything wrong. We need to listen to that feeling, and we need to honor it. In the case of my my first customer, who was dumped by our future nun, for him, the idea more of just coming to terms with. So we talk about grieving, and particularly in grieving relationships, it becomes difficult to get through the first stage, that denial because relationships don't always just end. Sometimes they do come back and get back together. Um, but where do we? what do we do with that? How do we make space for a new person? I actually just uh, finished up with a client who has a long-term problem with having relationships that have ended really truly end. She has a habit of staying in touch with people after having broken up, and those people continue to talk, and eventually sometimes they'll hook up or things like that will happen, and it makes it very hard for her to let a new person into her life. This is kind of that emotional hoarder mentality. I never want to be without, and I never want to throw away something. They, they say that for people who have um, a ten- greater tendency toward hoarding, that for them the idea of throwing away an object it creates a sense of loss akin to what someone who doesn't have that may experience if a pet were to die or they were to lose a relationship with a person or you know a romantic relationship a person moving away that idea that they form an emotional bond to these objects but even with typical people she was talking about how her sister goes through these long-term relationships and doesn't seem to bat an eye after you know a three or four year relationship and she she cuts the person off never speaks to them again and there's a part of her I think that's horrified by that way of viewing relationships but I think there's another part of her that's a little bit jealous why can't I do that why do I cling to these things in her case I think it it all goes back to the family of origin and her family of origin She would go long stretches and time periods with each of her parents where she would get little to no energy, affection, and care, and then she would get it. So she was never quite sure when to give up, when to walk away from this, because, oh, there might be a little something left in there. We talked about the business book, which is sort of a play on a children's story, Who Moved My Cheese? Hem and Haw keep going back to Cheese Station C, even though there's been no cheese there for a while because it was the last place where they got it. And they're hoping maybe, just maybe, there'll be some more cheese there if they keep checking. But it keeps them from you know, putting on their running shoes and going through the maze and finding where the cheese actually is. And that we are way healthier letting go and finding something new. That doesn't mean there isn't value in these old relationships and these old things, but we really have to come to all the losses with a mindset that's not a scarcity mindset that there are billions of people on this planet and there are people out there who are ready to fulfill you and we don't have to just cling to the places where we already invested energy and care it doesn't we don't have to earn love and we don't have to follow that that energy that we poured down that well when we start to change our viewpoint and believe that great people who want to give us energy are all around us we're going to start to see them but as long as we believe that that's the way love has to look love has to look like always searching and chasing that's what we're going to keep running into for any of these people and for our, you know all of you guys listening this idea of journaling about our feelings so when we don't have someone that's available to talk to sitting down writing out the kind of the problem as we see it then stopping and imagining, If this wasn't me, if this was a friend coming to me and telling me about the situation, what would I tell them to do? 95% of you, if you did that, you already know what to do. Now it's a question of why am I afraid to do that? Why am I afraid to do what my intellect, what my brain already knows is probably the right move for me? Again, with our feelings, we do. We need to listen to them. We need to give them some time and space But then after we've heard them, it doesn't mean we need to follow them. Feelings are just there to tell you about your environment. If you smell these delicious cinnamon rolls, it draws you to the kitchen, but it doesn't mean you need to eat all of them. So just because we react to a stimuli and we, we get some information, then we need to now take our higher level processing and decide what's going to be the healthiest thing for me to do going forward. And if I am hungry, okay, eat an apple first. If I'm still hungry, now I can have that cinnamon roll. Now I can do that other thing. Okay. Well, again, for these solo episodes, I usually try to keep it from going too long. As I said, next week, we'll have um, Eric DeRosa. I split him up because I had another Eric with a D it was my last guest. So back-to-back Eric's with a D. But I think you're going to enjoy that episode. And remember to email me with questions and thoughts. If you have topics that you want me to explore more with people, things that you're curious about, email me at Daniel.makler at live.com. And until we speak again, do whatever it takes to get you through this world. And remember, you are not allowed to die. And now for something completely different. Sometimes there are no words. Sometimes we need love, care, support, and affection. We don't want to explain anything. For young people with mental health issues like anxiety, depression, OCD, autism, therapy is often not enough. Paws for Patrick is an organization dedicated to connecting the love of animals to the people who need it the most. We facilitate that connection by assigning the seekers who contact us a wish granter who listens to their story and their needs and helps them acquire an animal or training for documentation, so they can have their emotional support animal or ESA in their apartment, dorm, condo, etc. We even have trained therapy dogs and handlers who bring dogs to people who can't have their own. Patrick rarely had the words to express his feelings and his needs, but when he had the love of his dog Cece, he had the strength to persevere. We want to provide every young person who could benefit that kind of love and support. Please check out our website at pauseforpatrick.org. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a need, reach out. If you want to help become a volunteer, fill out the form on our website. If you can donate, great, but please at least spread the word so we can replace the suffering and silence that many people do with the smiles and security that only the love of an animal can bring.